the Lord this morning. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. I do honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit here in this place this morning. I do honor the angel of this house, Dr. Haynes and his lovely wife, uh, Lady Beverly, who had a birthday this week. So we praise God. Give God a hand clap of praise for that. Uh, again, I always thank Pastor Haynes for an opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk. Amen. And we thank God for Pastor Jason, our executive pastor in his absence, and our brothers and sisters in the ministry, Reverend Creasy, those in the choir stand, and those in the pew. Thank God for all these, some of the greatest people on this side of the world. Amen. Amen. And to the deacon board, uh, mother's board, the offices of Salem Missionary Baptist Church, and to those I call brothers and sisters who know the Lord. Amen. And to those of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I greet all of you in the strong and mighty name of Jesus this morning. I had hoped to have two of my blood sisters here. Uh, they were en route and probably made a million stops coming from South Georgia, so they're probably listening on YouTube. But I thank God for Rachel and Roni and those that are watching um, on virtually. Our scripture this morning, we've got two, I've got a major and a minor. So first of all, I'd like for us to look at Isaiah, um, the ninth chapter, that A portion of that sixth verse. And then I want you to put a finger in it and turn over to uh, the gospel according to St. John, the third chapter, uh, that one verse, the 16th verse. It's a lot of meaning there, and that's what we're going to share this morning. With the help of the Lord. Isaiah 9 and 6, John 3 16. Most of you probably memorized uh, John 3 16 as a child, some of us even as adults. Uh, that's what we call the little gospel. Everything right there in one. One little verse, the little gospel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And since I like to read scripture, I'm just going to go on and read it all, but we'll take our message from that A portion. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. And then the gospel according to St. John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For a subject this morning, the perfect gift that keeps on giving. The perfect gift that keeps on giving. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for an opportunity to exercise my gifts this morning. I thank God for our pastor. I thank God for uh, Lady Beverly, for Jason, for all of the ministers of the gospel, 
Father God, I thank you just for being in our presence this morning. We already know you're here. We thank you that you're going to hang around a little bit and heal and deliver and encourage. Uh, we just thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. And God, when we leave here, we won't say it's because we did anything. We'll say that we lifted up Jesus and you only you have the pulling power. So thank you for an opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know if any of you have really thought about this, but there really is a, an art to the gift of giving. There's a philosophy to the gift of giving. Sometimes our culture that we live in requires uh, gift giving, like anniversaries, birthdays. But ideally, you want to give someone something that will strengthen your connection with them, right? Um, and it would be used essentially to show appreciation for what you feel about them, how you feel about them. Now, I, on the other hand, I take great pride in deciding what gifts I'm going to give. It's a big deal for me. Even the gifts I purchased for my kids, my nieces and nephews, my great nieces and nephews, rather, um, and other friends and family, I just take a moment to kind of think about it uh, because they're special. So it's sort of like a ritual for me, you know. Um, in order to know somebody, in order to give them the perfect gift, you got to really know them well, in a sense, those that are close. Uh, but, I mean, you got to care about them. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> the perfect gift is something that you really want. The perfect gift is something that you really need. The perfect gift can put you in the greatest of greatest moods, right? Just give me that perfect gift and I'm with you. You see, the perfect gift can literally blow your mind away. And it doesn't have to be expensive or cost anything. Uh, it's the depth and the meaning that counts, you know, that goes into it. Uh, for example, my niece and nephews, if they really want to make me happy, they'll draw a little coupon and say, this is for a day of cleaning auntie's room. Desi likes to dust because I have allergies and she, she's a good duster too. And she'll say, whenever you want me to do it, I can do it until your Dominic and Lacey, they are really good vacuum. You know, they vacuum really, really good. And the little girls and Micah, they just kind of pick trash up, you know, because I hate giblets of paper. You know what I mean? Giblets that are in the carpet. They know that auntie don't like giblets. So they are really good about picking up gib giblets, but they'll do that because they know it makes me happy. Or they'll say, Dad, can you go get Auntie Penny a Dunkin' Donut gift card so she can make a Dunkin' run? And you talk about somebody happy then? Because <laughs> I love coffee. like to go pick up a cup of Joe. But they know me. They know their auntie. They know what makes me tick, Okay. Um, Gift-giving has existed since the beginning of human civilization, or even it might predate it. Research reveals that cavemen gave each other funny-shaped rocks or animal teeth. Now, that's a gift. I don't know how, how I feel about some little lion teeth sitting on my little... But, you know, thought that counts. They were building relationships then. Uh, France gave the United States the Statue of Liberty. China gave us those pandas, Ling Ling, Sing Sing. Back in 1972, they still hanging around. But see, we as Chris, 
Christians exchanged gifts in celebration of the Lord's birth, uh, as the Magi or the wise men did. Uh, our Lord's birth, Christmas, is a holy and happy day when we commemorate the coming of God's Son into the world. Um, this is the incarnation of God in flesh. This is a big deal. It's not about Santa. Santa's a friend, okay? That's what I tell the kids. He's just a good friend, you know? But Jesus is your Savior. But he became flesh. Uh, Christmas is about how he came to give us love and happiness and joy and peace. That message doesn't change year to year. It's the same message. The wise men brought gifts to Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew 2, 1 through 12 speaks of the Magi or the wise men who followed a star from the east to Bethlehem in search of a newborn king. There they found Mary. Thank God for the big light there. <laughs> My brother said, just thinking of heaven beaming down on you, Penny. That's what Mark told me. So thank God for heaven beaming down on me this morning. But uh, there they found Mary and the baby Jesus and offered the gift, the gift, some gifts. He is the gift. The gift received gifts. Amen? I want to make it clear to you. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, these three wise men had sought him out for quite some time and had traveled a very long way to see him. You see, that was Jesus's, in my mind's eye, my preacher's eye, his first coronation. Okay? The gold representing kingship. He is a king, is he not? Okay, and, and some researchers say, well, they probably not made paid for the stable. I don't know. Y'all don't care. <laughs> I just know gold for a king is what I think of. And the frankincense, you know, the perfume, a sweet savor. Uh, in God's nostrils, you know, and they brought that in a spirit of worship, of a sweet perfume type of worship. And the gift of mirth signifying death and mourning, uh, Jesus' mortality, because we know he was born just to die, wasn't he? Wasn't going to hang around forever. <laughs> Came to do one job, and he was going to be out of here, basically. So Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, prophesied about him. In fact, of all the major and the minor prophets, he talked about him the most uh, because he is that perfect gift that keeps on giving. Isaiah tells us that a child was born, a son was given. Born, given. Born, given. He had to be born to be given away, right? A child was born, a son was given. The gospel writer John um, unlike the synoptic gospels, you, he, he writes a little bit different. Some of the items we see in John, you won't pretty much see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptics. But John goes on to share with us just how special a gift this is and how the perfect gift keeps on giving. First of all, let's break this down. John 3.16. This passage is also known, as I said, as the little gospel uh, it's the gospel in a nutshell, but it summarizes what we've read in the synoptics and Romans and Ephesians and 1 John, that God so loved the world. But God is love, right? God is all about love. 
If you don't love God, how can you love me? Don't lie to me and say, I love you, PNR. You don't know him. You don't know nothing about love. So, ladies, when you get married, if they don't love Jesus, how can they love you? Amen. Very, very important. Just thought I'd throw that out. Didn't cost you nothing, as Deacon Bailey used to say. But, hey, remember that. It says we didn't love him. He loved us. It doesn't matter to God about our past or what we've done. He just loves us. That's it. A question has been posed. I was reading this in Christianity Today. Uh, The question was posed, can we believe in the love of God in the face of everything we must go through these days? Again and again and again, going around that mountain, trying to win that battle? Yeah, absolutely. With certainty, we can believe in God's love. We can trust in his his love because his love gave, didn't it? It literally gave. How many of you trying to give up children for folks you don't know nothing about? Amen? So God's love is pure and untarnished. God's love is so big. God's love is so wide. 1 John 4, 7 through 10, if you don't know love, you don't know God, as our deacon was sharing this morning. But John, also John in John 14, John 15, uh, Jesus made it more radical. You know, the, the Ten Commandments tells us, but he said, you got to love them because you got to be like God is. That's, that's, that's what we're all about. We're trying to live more like him. So God is love. God expresses love. God emanates love. God's love most, must have both an object and a purpose. God's love is a hurricane, and we're the trees, and we're bent beneath the grace and mercy of God's love. He loves us so much, it just bends us over. We just can't even move because we're just covered in the love of Christ and the love of God. Now, that's some love. That's an expression of love. And God's greatest expression of love is this perfect gift um, that we're talking about this morning. So let's look at this. The world. Who is that? Everybody. Everybody. Those that would eventually come to know him and those who don't. That's everybody. Woman, man, people of all races and nationalities, the whole human race. See, God can express his love um, in, in for all people in a way that he deems necessary. Anyway, he, he's God. He can do whatever he want to do. But here he shows the depth of his love for, for those people and us that devise uh, imagination. Because a lot of people um, have issues with Christianity saying, how can you have someone that would send their son to die for people? Well, that's just God. That's just the way he rose. That's it. Okay, so he gave a genuine love, a true love, not taking, giving. That's what true love is. Not taking. You shouldn't have to take care of nobody. They sitting home and you working. Mm. Let me take a little time right here. I got to say this. (laughs) I'm trying not to, but let me tell you, the way I was raised coming up in the country, everybody worked. <laughs> Amen. 
Everybody, same way I got my children, where everybody in the house worked, okay? Nobody sat down doing nothing. My dad would work at Georgia Department of Labor, Georgia Department of Transportation all day, come home, and he had an old mule called Blue, and he would, he would plow the fields and, and, and grow sugar cane to make syrup. And we had hogs. So I have issues with folks who don't want to work. That you can go tell somebody, Reverend Pitt said. You don't work, you don't eat. That's the way I look at it. And we all like to eat. So anyway, getting back on topic here. Just thought I'd just throw that out, but I, I just have some issues with that. I have real, real bad issues with it, okay? So y'all pray for me on that. But since God is the greatest subject of love, it stands to reason that his love would be the greatest, right? Um, it would be the greatest manifestation of love the world has ever seen or know. Because he gave so freely, he gave so care, you know, and not in a careless manner, but in a thoughtful manner. But see, what did he give? His one and only son. Okay, he wasn't a twin. <laughs> You know, it was his one and only son. One and only son. The only son. The gift. That's why it was such a precious, perfect gift. It's not like he had other sons, you know? This was the one and only son that he gave. And he gave that so everyone who believes would be saved and they would accept this free gift. You know... A gift available to all who meet one requirement. This gift is available to all who meets one requirement. Uh, that one requirement is the belief in his one and only son. We ain't talking about no historical Jesus. I know I had a class in Emory one time and they were talking about an historical Jesus. I said, who? What are you talking about? Well, he was an historical figure. Well, he was a historical figure, but he's alive right now in my heart. He ain't dead. So you know I had to set him free when I did my devotion that next week and share with them that this Jesus that people talked about, yeah, he was historical, but he's alive, and he made my heart anew. Amen. He ain't dead. He's alive, and I feel him right now in my soul. So... A belief, this, this belief that cast out all one's hope on the object of that faith. In my office at home, thank God I can work from home, y'all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Because let me tell you, I used to drive to Alpharetta, but that was when I was much younger, Creasy. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it again. So y'all pray that I, God keep me home. So that, you know, I'm serious. Uh, jobs that will keep me working from home. Send contracts for Penny to stay home. That's your prayer on your prayer list. But at home, I've got this really, really nice chair. It says it's an isotoner chair, like, you know, envelops you and comforts you when you sit in it so that you, you know, on these millions of calls I'm on every day talking to everybody and their mama for conference calls, it's supposed to make me feel comfortable you know, and be able to get my work done a little bit quicker. So I have faith that this chair is going to hold me. Okay? So I sit in it, and I work. But it, if I never sit in the chair, is it worth anything to me? 
So that's what about this gift. If you never take advantage of this gift, if you never accept the perfect gift that keeps on giving, then it really, it's, it's, no, it's no use to you. You know what I mean? You see, the gift is simply to be received, not earned. I don't have to go hand out 25,000 watchtowers to, you know, I don't have to go make no bean pies and stand on the corner. I ain't got to do nothing but accept it. It's a free gift. Okay, there's no strings tied other than the fact that if you really want to get the gift that keeps on giving, you got to accept it. See, in him, that last portion toward the end, in Jesus Christ, you got to have faith in Jesus Christ, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius. In Jesus Christ, not even, Pastor Haynes would tell you, not even in him. Okay, not even your mother, your father. There is salvation. There is none other salvation in any other name whereby men must be saved. Acts tells us that 4 and 12. So another thing I was reading in Christianity Today, it, it, it was so surprising. It said that there were polls that show a shocking number of church people Preachers, too, I don't know where they come from, but God knows, who do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I almost fell out of my acetoner chair. <laughs> I said, what? That there's some other ways to get to, to heaven. Mm, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. So in order to accept him have faith in him then you will not perish okay perish means not annihilation but rather a final destiny of ruin and hell uh, apart from God who is life truth and joy Jesus the Bible is very clear those who reject Jesus will have their wish granted forever they'll be cast into hell with the devil and all his demons and all of those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. You see, this word perish is in the middle voice, the middle tense. So that means a loving God does not kill them. They essentially destroy themselves if they do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He rejects them. So they won't be able to partake of that giving, 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 in a sense, having eternal life. God is the greatest giver. And eternal life is his greatest gift to those who believe in the one and only true God and the one and only true son. A new quality of life, this is what we're going to have, not uh, everlasting this life. <laughs> I don't want this forever. This, I wake up with aches and pains every day, look like something different. You know, every day, I don't want this forever. Do you? I don't want this Crazy folks shooting up malls and things like that. Can't even go out to the store wondering what's going on. I don't want this. I want something everlasting that's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. A new life that a believer will possess um, forever and ever. That's the gift that keeps on giving, y'all. You see, this gift keeps on giving because the gift ensures the believer or the gift receiver continues to benefit or receive from this gift. So this is something 
that continues on way past Christmas. <laughs> you know? It continues on. It provides benefits and advantages over an extended time. Uh, in this instance, Jesus continues to provide benefits and advantages way past his birthday. And how about forever? You see, new life with God, the Father in heaven, as shared in Revelation 21, where man can finally dwell with, with God. Um, you know, he can't dwell with us right now because we are filled with sin. But guess what? When we're finally perfect, we'll be able to be with the perfect gift that keeps on giving because we will live with him. It'll be that perfect abode will be in heaven. The creation will finally be able to hang out with the creator, basically. We won't need the son, the S-U-N, because we have the S-O-N. <laughs> and according to Revelation, it says that he's the lampstand. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the lampstand. So no, 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 not talking about a renovation. Not like those renovation shows on HGTV. No, no renovation of earth. This is going to be a new heaven. <laughs> a new heaven, a new earth where there is no more crying, no more heart attacks, no more diabetes, no more cancer, no more dementia, Alzheimer's. None of that stuff is up there. So you wonder what we got to look forward to. That's why I said not this life. <laughs> not this life. We got something better to look forward to. Essentially, the perfect gift is the gift God gave us, the perfect gift in the person of Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon called Jesus the unspeakable gift. That's what he said, Spurgeon. Uh, what did he mean by that? What did Brother Spurgeon mean by that? Um, he says that the needs which sin has brought upon us, not only on the poor and low of the world, but also on others, even on the richest and highest, it's unspeakable. That's what he said. The Apostle Paul called Jesus Christ um, indescribable in 2 Corinthians 9.15. God's indescribable gift. The gift in this verse refers to salvation, Ephesians 2.8. We have done nothing to deserve this gift since God gives us salvation based on his unmerited favor. And we know that unmerited favor means that we don't deserve it, but God gives it to us anyway. We don't deserve it, but God gives it to us anyway. That means it's nothing we could do. Couldn't hand out two million watchtowers just to get it. No. He gives it to us anyway. A gift is given because of the generosity of the giver. In this verse, we see that the gift of life is the result of the undeserved grace of God. Our Lord's brother James, half-brother James, in James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above, who has no variableness, neither shadow nor turning. That's what James said. You know, that's what James said. Let me just bring it a little home, a little home to Penny. My mother, who died in couple of years ago from COVID, she used to call this gift her sweet Jesus. That's what Viola used to say. She said, that's my sweet Jesus. My father, who died September 25th, 1985, when I was in high school, he called him his battle axe in the time of trouble. 
Because, see, he accepted that gift. He knew that gift would keep on giving. My sister Pat, who's the grandmother of the kids that I'm helping to raise, she just simply called him her Lord. I hear her saying all the time, my Lord, my Lord. My brother William, who went home to be with the Lord just this past June, um, he called him my Lord. He said, Pen, my Lord, the Lord is always going to take care of you, little brown girl. That's what he called me, <laughs> little brown girl. He said, the Lord is always going to make a way. My Lord is going to make a way. You know, they all ascribe to this gift that keeps on giving. I call him my Jehovah Jireh. He provides for me. If I don't go to work, he takes care of Penny. My Jehovah Jireh, one who provides when I can't provide for myself. And even when I provide for myself, is him anyway, right? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's my way maker, my miracle worker. I call him my banner. Every morning, me and my family, we pray. My sisters and brothers, um, some of them have a little problem getting up at 6.30. But we pray and we say, God, you're our banner. Go ahead of us this day. We don't know what's going to come. We don't know what we'll see. Would you be our banner today? Would you go ahead of us today? I call him wonderful because he's just that. He's just so wonderful. He's so sweet. He's sweet, I know. He's sweet, I know. Um, he's my counselor. Takes care of all my problems because he's so wise. He's a mighty God, as Isaiah said. He's mighty. Uh, mighty is his name. Everlasting Father because he goes from glory to glory to glory. Everlasting to everlasting to everlasting. That's him. He's my Prince of Peace. That's all Israel needs is Jesus. <laughs> That's the peace they need over there. You pray for peace, pray for Jesus to come into some of them hearts there. Okay? I call him my Prince of Peace because he brings all kind of peace into some crazy situations little brown girl be going through. He brings peace out of confusion. Amen? Amen. I call him my all in all. He's my all in all. A child was born, a virgin, Mary gave birth. A son was given by God the Father for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news today. That's the message in a nutshell. That's that little gospel I told you about. But I think about when he was born, sweet baby Jesus born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Can't you see the people coming from every nation, pleading for salvation the night that Christ was born? Oh, such a wonderful Savior to be born in a manger that I could share his favor. That's, that's why favor didn't come from you. You know how we be saying favor ain't fair? That favor come from him. He shares it with us so that I could share his favor and my heart be made anew. That's where these new hearts come from. That's what these new hearts come. He just changed our hearts. He, we had a renovation of the heart when he came on the scene. But 
I'd like to ask you today, is your heart or has your heart been made anew? If you're here, you don't know him. You don't know my way maker. You don't know my savior, my battle axe, my sweet Jesus. We ask that you come today. We extend to you the invitation to discipleship. The doors of the church are open. This same Jesus waxed strong and grew up as any child would. You know, same way we see these kids growing up. One day they down here, next day you're like, oh my God, my, the twin boy is about taller than me. <laughs> and my, I'm like, weren't you just down here? Jesus waxed strong just like these kids. He grew up, okay? He was about his father's business. When they left him behind, unbeknownst to Mary and Joseph in the temple, he was doing his father's business. Some folks had need to hear his teaching. He was teaching in the temples as the elders do. Yet so very young, he learned the trade of carpentry from his earthly father, Joseph. His father, our God, launched his earthly ministry by putting his stamp of approval on him at his baptism when John the Baptist baptized his cousin. God from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit lighted on his shoulder in the presence of a dove. And then we had Jesus literally standing there. God said, this is my son. The gift, the perfect gift that keeps on giving. He walked the shores of Galilee, teaching, preaching, raising people from the dead, casting out demons, making the blind to see, the lame to walk. He prayed for us in the Garden of Gethsemane, in that grove of olive trees where they would press the oil from olives. Our Lord was pressed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, what about this cup, God? And what was the cup? The cup was the cup of sin, us. All those sins, somebody, because somebody wanted to commit adultery, somebody wanted to steal, somebody wanted to kill. All of those were nailed to the cross with him. So what did he do? He said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he got up after he had been strengthened by the angels after bleeding great drops of blood. He got up. And he went about the Father's will. He was strengthened and went about the Father's will. He was taken to a kangaroo court, sentenced to crucifixion, a Roman's sentence for people who steal and kill. That's what they sentenced him to, our Savior. He took the lashes from the soldiers, bled for us, and emaciated then Jesus, unrecognizable. This is the gift. Walk the Via Dolorosa, the way of the cross, to a place called the skull for you and I. Golgotha's Hill. And oh, yes, he did this for all of us. People he had yet to meet, yet to know, but all the same, he did it for us. They nailed him to a cross. 
He took the time to save a thief. Told him, you'll be with me in paradise this day. Still taking time. Because, you know, that was his job. He was born just to die. Came to bridge the gap from God back to man. That was his job, and he did an excellent job at it. Always staying focused, as Pastor Jason was preaching the other week. Always staying focused, not doing anything unless his father told him to do it. Didn't have his own agenda like some of us. We got agendas galore. But no, he said, I'm going and I'm going to go save those folks. I'm going to let them know that there's something better than this. And I'm here to tell you today that there's something better than this life. There's something better than this life, y'all. And let me tell you, if I had a worse enemy, I wouldn't even want them to experience hell. Hell was made for the devil and a third of the heavenly host that was cast down with him. It's, this wasn't made for, for us. He hung on that cross. The earth was like a drunken man. The sun refused to shine because the greatest and perfect gift of all was dying on the cross. And he was alone because he had the sins of the world, this cup of sin that he drank in the Garden of Gethsemane. Our sins was in his body and God can't look on sin so he had to turn his back. He turned his back. So he was just there. Then he died. Was buried in a borrowed tomb. Didn't need a tomb for very long. Because he wasn't going to be there very long. <laughs> all day Friday in the tomb. All day Saturday. Saturday night. But early Sunday morning. Hallelujah. 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 He got up just as he said he would. He got up and told those precious women. He said, you go tell the disciples. You take this precious message that I'm giving you. And you go tell them I'm coming and where to meet me. Because I have rose just like I said I would. I did just what I said I would. I did just what the Father told me. And I tell you what, I want to be able to say when I get there, God, I did just what you told me to do. Daily as I live, often as I breathe, I want my life to be an expression of God's grace. I don't want them to see Penny because catch me on a bad day. You don't want to see me. I want them to see him. He walked the shores for a few more weeks <laughs> then ascended into heaven after he had grilled fish with the disciples on the beach. Ascended into heaven but he's coming back on that same cloud but he did ascend into heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. Right now. Interceding for us on a daily basis. He's saying you got to look out for him. That's my child. 
I died for her, so you got to got to listen to got to listen to her right here. That's the whole reason, you know, in the in the Gospel of John, the only thing that Jesus really wanted, the only thing he really wanted was he said, God, just give me my glory back. He said, just give me my glory back. And that's what God did. He allowed him to sit at the right hand. He gave him his glory back. And there he was. And there he is. He is helping us. He is counseling us. He is encouraging us. He is perpetually being yoked with us. Because remember, he's the perfect gift that keeps on giving. He's the perfect gift that keeps on giving. So will you accept him today? Is there one? Do you want to get to know the man from Galilee? Sweeter than a honeycomb. Every day with him gets sweeter and sweeter. There's no way I would go back. There's no life to go back to. (laughs) I want to see him that day when I see him at the Bema scene. And he's hopefully, prayerfully, he'll say, job well done, servant. Job well done. I don't want a whole lot. I don't want no money. I want no cars and no houses. I just want to hear my Savior say, job well done, Pen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up in there and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. Our sister has a testimony, and and then we're going to have Reverend Creasy come and pray for us. There's so much sickness going on. So we're going to pray for healing for our church body and pray for healing for the bereaved. This time of year, it gets kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Um, Pastor X, did I let you know that Sister Lisa Powell passed away last night? So times are filled with swift transitions. Okay. And we got to be prayed up and ready. Amen. Praise God, church. I come to tell you because you started the journey with me. May of 20, May 27, 2022, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, triple negative. That's a form of an aggressive cancer. And it took a year and seven months. I suffered a mini heart attack. I lost my job. I didn't know what to do. It affected me physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Faith, my faith was an unwavering faith. I've always had God, I always believed 
And when I came up for prayer after my diagnosis, I don't know how Pastor Jason Haynes knew, but it wasn't a regular prayer. He told the daughters of this church to take me in the back room and pray over me. And they did, each one. And during that moment, I knew God told me I was going to be okay and he was going to walk with me. I knew, and then Pastor came in, and he prayed, and that was my confirmation that I was going to get through this. Out of all the obstacles I went through, and the battles, and not eating, and losing weight, and my sugar levels going up to four and 500, God still had me. He carried me through it all. I blew through my savings. Had no income. But my bills got paid. My phone stayed on. I didn't lose my car. You go to the doctor and they want your copay. How about they paid my rent? God never left me. December 20th, 2023, I've been declared cancer free. And I'm so happy because it took a year and seven months for me to get through this. And I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you praying for me, calling on me, feeding me. A can of soup became too hard to open up. My dear sister Linda Reeves came there. She bought me water and she opened up that can of soup and even cooked it. I just couldn't get through it without all of your prayers. Lifting me up each and every day. Mother LaCola, my angel. I don't care what time I had to get down to noon and she was there. She went with me every single day and didn't miss a beat. I love her for it because I couldn't have did it without her. I couldn't have did it without your prayers, your blessings, your gifts, your love, your encouragement. I thank you all for what you have done for me and my children. Thank you. God bless you. And I love you. <laughs> Amen. Our sister knows God as a healer. So many times people want to know him as a healer, but nobody don't want to be sick. <laughs> but God is a healer. Is there any? That's it. Okay. All right. We're going to send up a prayer of thanksgiving for our sister. Those of you who want to come to the altar. Anybody want to come to the altar? Anybody got any sickness in their body? Anybody got an ache or pain? I know I do. So, you know, I'm going to pray from here, but guess what? I'll be with you down there too. So come on to the altar. Anyone that wants to meet us at the altar, please do so right now. God is still working miracles. He's still working miracles, y'all. He's still doing what he said he would do. Every single day, every day, I'm a testimony to that. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Walk of faith. Come on down to the altar. Your walk of faith. Showing God that you are not ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah. 
God is great and greatly to be praised. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you, God. You are the only true and wise God, and we thank you for being that God. We thank you for knowing us from the tip of our head to the tip of our toes, God. We thank you, God, that not only do you know us, you love us, God. And because you love us, God, you want the best for us, God. So, Lord, we just thank you for just being God. We thank you so much for a precious Jesus sending your son to die in our place, God. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who petitions on our behalf, God. We thank you, God, that this day is the day of faith, God. And if we don't have faith, God, increase our faith, God. Help us to have faith to, to go to you in prayer, God. Help us to have faith to lean on you, God, when we don't see a way out of no way, God. Help us to have faith, God, when we have precious things that are going on in our life that are just getting us down, God. Lord, just help us to have more faith, God. Lord, we just thank you right now, God, for this entire congregation, God. You know every mind, you know everybody, God. You know every ache, you know every pain, God, every situation, God. And because you know, God, we know that you will take care of it, God. We just have faith, God, that you work it out, God. Your will be done, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you right now for the people that are here at the altar. You know every mindset that they have, every concern, God. You know the reason that they're down here, God. So we just leave it to you, God, to take care of the situation, God, whatever it might be, God. We just pray that, God, that when they leave this church and leave this altar, they're going to feel a whole lot better, God, than when they came. In Jesus' name, God. Lord, we lift every person to you in this church, whether they're at the altar or in the pews, God. You know what their situations are as well, God. We just leave that situation to you, God, to handle because you've already went before us, God, to handle it. God, you already went before us, and you know what the outcome is going to be, God. Lord, we pray for the deacons here. We pray for the mothers. We pray for the entire congregation. We pray for the children's, God, that are going to have to go back to school next year, God. We just pray that you continue to bless and keep them, God, and bless and keep the teachers, God, all the administrators of the school, God. You know every situation that's going to be before them, God. Just take care of them, God. Even the bus drivers, God. Everybody that deals with the school system, God. Lord, we just come to you saying, your will be done, God. Lord, we ask that you continue to bless the ones that don't have money. If you're your provider by the word, you say you're a provider, God, so I know you'll provide for them, God. Lord, the people that need jobs, you'll provide for them, God. The people that need transportation, you'll provide for them, God. The people that are ill, God, you're a healer. You will heal them, God. Lord, we thank you, God, just for being all that you are all the time, God. We ask you to go into the prisons, God. Go into the nursing home. Go into the hospitals, God. Meet those people at their need as well, God. We pray that someone somewhere is saved today, God. In Jesus' name, God, Lord, help us to have faith to go out and tell people the dying world about your son, Jesus, God, that he died 
And not only did he die, he was raised again on the third day, God. And he still lives, God. And he's here with us today. If you confess Christ, you have him in your heart. So, Lord, we just ask them to just testify on that. Testify on how they became saved. How they uh, went through things and Jesus brought them out of things, God. It's easy to minister to other people. It's not a hard thing to do, God. You call us all to go out the Great Commission to teach and preach and tell people about Jesus. You don't have to be a preacher to tell people about Jesus. You could just tell them simply that he saved me. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. Lord, thank you, God, for Jesus. Saving all of us, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Where will we be without Jesus? Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we come to you right now. We pray for this entire country. We pray for the government, God. We know the scripture that, that has been brought before us today, God. That a child was born. A son was given. The government is on his shoulders, God. Lord, he's called Wonderful Counselor. He's called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, God. So, Lord, we thank you for that, God. We just thank you that right now you're working miracles. You're working miracles every day. You're touching hearts and minds, and you're changing hearts and minds, God. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We ask you to bless this choir, bless the musicians, bless everyone in this church, God. Bless, just bless us, God, because we know that you're such a good God that you can't help but to bless us. You're so good to us, God, and we thank you for being that God that loved us first before we loved you, God. Lord, continue to be with us every day, every hour, every minute, every second, every millisecond of the day, God. We love you, God, and we thank you, God. We just pray that you continue to be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. like going home literally to your house <laughs> or going home to be with the Lord one day give him a hand clap of praise well it's just been so great hanging out with you guys today you look so great you're the love of God's own you see the favor we're walking in favor favor ain't fair and it's because of what Jesus Christ gave us amen so on behalf of our pastor, for any visitors that are here today, uh, we're so glad you chose Salem, uh, one of God's greatest vineyards, and he's one of God's greatest pastors. And we thank you, and we hope you come again. Amen. So Merry Christmas. Let us stand as we close. <laughs> thank you, Sister Creasy. Um, remember the set receptacles are at each door, right? So you can give your tithes, your offerings.
um, any love offerings for our uh, chairman deacon, any love offerings for our pastor uh, and first lady, please do so at the, on your way out. Amen. 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 You can also give on Givelify if you'll direct your attention to the monitors or look online for those virtually. Uh, you'll be able to find a way to do that even from the comfort of your home and your isotoner chair if you've got one like I do. Amen. Amen. Let us close. God, we thank you. We honor you. We bless your name. We thank you so much for the word that's come forth. We pray, God, it would fall on good ground, good soil. We pray that you would just could do whatever it is you sent out for it to do, and you'll be glorified. And we'll remember it at the appropriate time. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And the people of God said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal via the givelify app by mail to salem missionary baptist church p.o box 817 lilburn georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on tuesday wednesday or thursday from 10 a.m until 2 p.m it's not necessary to wait until sunday to give Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.